Hi everyone, recording today's podcast right out of Bhopal. So as I'm traveling, you don't hear the opening and closing music. So let me just put in a few words. This is not an advisory service. All my views and opinions expressed here are my own. What we do do, however, is run a mentorship program. I do write my views as daily content and now there is strike. All the data and information that I use to take decisions every day is now on this platform that is available to you so we've just democratized data and information for all and uh, that is the way to go you should have access to what the pros are really using and thinking when it comes to taking market views and you should be able to do it yourself you don't really need someone else to do it for you right so this is the platform that lets you do it and have it all in one place so with that let us get on to what the markets are doing we are entering pre-expiration week i spoke about that in my youtube shorts today pre-expiration week as i repeat every time it comes is uh, the time when stock options not the nifty and bank nifty are in their final week for the month remember stock options are still monthly expiry but they do attract margins because it has become delivery settled which means that starting from this friday there's a 25 percent margin that applies and then it increases by monday tuesday wednesday and it is based on the underlying position and so since the options attract margin a lot of people start squaring up create some pressure in the market and we have seen the last two months uh, some kind of selling uh, you know come in uh, in the week uh, before the monthly expiry because of that so it happens sometimes sometimes there are big cuts sometimes there are small cuts sometimes there's volatility so it's a good time to really step back and think about what the market is really doing what is it going to do going forward from here and so on short term thoughts long term thoughts everything and for options traders, I usually find it a good time that that you get a forced square up and then you have to think about, oh, should I roll forward my positions or should I not? So really a great period to think about everything. And what has been happening though is last week because of the news we got around the banking sector, the bank nifty did close down for the week, puts us to question whether the most recent up move over the last three weeks was corrective or impulsive now most ways that my team tries to count it looks like it's a corrective move i can force an impulse i can say oh it it can be five waves in this way or that way with a running fourth and all that but not the most comfortable wave count so again another reason to really step back and think what is really going on now of course news-based moves can sometimes be just knee-jerk reactions which is why i don't like to respond to them immediately in terms of changing a view just because a news item showed up uh, news items that exaggerate an ongoing existing trend are very very different they can result in something you know really achieving its downside targets if it's a negative news flow or upside targets if it's a positive news flow in an existing trend but news flows to create a trend to start a move on a particular direction is usually not what i would expect but yes that's what it ended up doing it pushed the bank nifty to close down for the week even though the nifty has not done so the mid and small cap indices are entering overbought zone short term we don't have a reversal yet they've been closing up for seven eight days now so that is the place really to watch closely if there's going to be a loss of momentum it's going to come from the mid and small caps so the broad market is the one that is going to really give us the first signals as to whether we've completed a five-wave advance in the market and is it is it really a good time now to get that pullback get that correction that has been pending it looked like it had really started in october and frankly speaking we haven't seen a new high in nifty and bank nifty is really lagging far far behind so in that sense we actually have the classical intermarket divergence which means the new highs in the mid and small caps not confirmed by the large caps can actually be a bearish divergence 
uh, based on the classic Dow theory. So let's pay attention to that. But we do need price confirmation. We need prices to actually reverse and confirm that, yes, this has happened. Now, while all this was happening, uh, I have, of course, gone in between written the long shot report uh, earlier part of the month. And we are having a nice debate on that, both in my comments uh, and on Twitter, because one is the big picture and one is the short term picture. I mean, right after I wrote it around 19,600 breaking, we did fall to 18,800. But surprisingly, in this small little decline, uh, and by small, I mean something around, I think, 1400 points from the top. So that's not even 10%, a little more than 5, 5, 6%, maybe 7% decline from the top. We ended up getting an extreme sentiment reading, which is you have uh, huge shots built up. Uh, you, uh, you know, get got some of the short term swing readings going oversold, which is normal. The short term swings going oversold is normal. You can get a bounce. But getting a short built up of the similar size that we had in March when this rally started is a surprise because that means that we have to think about the possibility that will we get a short coming rally. And so that pushed me to push up upside bounce targets, which means we started to bounce. I thought, okay, initially you do, maybe we should logically do 61%, which is around 19,600. Then I raised the bar to 19,840. We already there. The question is, are we going to go beyond this? So we got a good rally. And the fact is, the shots are still sitting there. So you're actually not getting serious short covering, which is really surprising because historically when you've had, you know, these kind of retracements, you have seen short covering at least, if not going long, at least most of the shots get covered. And then it gives you a reason to think that, okay, the market can top out and roll over again, or maybe it can continue more long build up to the other side. But here you are at a, you know, more than 60%, almost 80% retracement. And you still have shorts sitting in the system. So what does that really mean? Is it directional? It means that the market's uh, you know going to roll forward. So to the downside, and that's something that then we need to really observe in the price patterns, which is why so much attention is being paid to the short term. So you have the big picture in which bond yields were really knocking at the doors of higher rates, and then they've reversed on a lot of news flow around inflation. And even that inflation data is being suspect by some research work that I read uh, from the US specifically mentioned Hedgei. And they state that, well, the most recent inflation data has actually uh, included something around healthcare expenses as a minus 36% read that actually got the inflation to appear better than expected. Otherwise, it would have been worse than expected. Amazing it is, but the market responded to that, rallied, you know, hundreds of points. You had, a, you know, big candles on the US and then we've got most of Asia and everything bouncing back. The question is now uh, that it's all done, does the market really discount reality, which means you do have slowing growth in Europe, in China, and now in US in the data. We, of course, are still not at a point where we can say confirmed recession, but slowing growth can result in recession, which is what the steepening of the inverted yield curve is finally starting to tell us after one year. So that is what I discussed uh, in a lot of detail in the long shot report. But in the short term, despite that big picture weakening scenario, we got the short term sentimental oversold condition. So whenever I take a view which is different on the long term, medium term, you know, I've been writing these reports since a very long time at Sher Khan. We started writing daily, weekly reports from 2002 uh, and I was doing them. So if I'd ever have a view which would be different on the weekly time frame, so say weekly is up, daily is down, you know, daily is up, weekly is down or anything like that, any divergence, people would be confused because if you say I'm bullish, they really expect you to say bullish on all time frames or bearish on all time frames. Moment of different time frames have a different view, it gets confusing for people and to really explain 
that uh, this is counter trend so i mean i could think that we are in a bear market but if i'm going to get a 50% retracement inside a bear market shouldn't i change my daily trend readings to up and so that's uh, that's something uh, which appears correct but still it raises a lot of questions now i ended up changing the trend readings uh, over the last uh, two weeks and so it's led to a good debate the fact is we really don't know what the big picture scenario will change into uh, there is a risk the risk is not off the table that the us goes into a recession but at the sh- in the short term when you get sentimental readings or technical readings that tell you uh, prices can go the other way you have to think about that now but will that other way result in the big picture view changing sometimes big picture views can take longer to play out and sometimes you can predict that it will take longer so at the start of jan of last year i did make that call that the us was so oversold after a one year decline that maybe this would be a much longer much awaited uh, you know recession because if the us recession had still not come after a one year decline and high interest rates then possibly if you just push it down because the inverted yield curve doesn't always play out immediately sometimes 6 months 8 months ahead of a recession so if 6 8 months nothing happens and markets are oversold what will they do they retrace a lot of those losses and that's what we ended up getting in a large part of 2023 so i said this in twitter i said i'm going to have one strategy for the rest of this year it's going to be only teji a lot of people were questioning what does this mean and how is this a new strategy <laughs> i mean i meant that probably this is the year to be bullish because in 2021 22 especially 22 it was an up down market it was good to be 1000 2000 points bullish then 1000 2000 points bearish and if you did that uh, it was a good trading opportunity on both sides of the nifty at least though there were certain sectors that outperformed like the autos and so on and in the meantime i think psu's actually consolidated and slowly drifted higher and in 23 became the star performers now all that having happened last year this year it looked like we were off to the races on a one sided upward move so most of 23 went on that way i was really not expecting to change my view in the last quarter of the year but here we are uh, doubting whether it can continue for one more quarter higher and then uh, you know i thought it would not after it sold off in october and then again because it got oversold looks like maybe it can and so that is the back and forth that i'm going into right now with a clear mindset that the macros are still not right because uh, the us is still in trouble interest rates even if they roll over does it really mean that we are heading into a you know slowdown equal to recession and will that be a drawdown uh, in the near term so uh, the answers are not completely out uh, there are some thoughts it can go this way it can go that way will this end in an inflationary bust or a deflationary boom because no this is a very rare time where governments have stepped in you know so post most of the post gfc period it was all about just qe which is only the central bank action but after covid i think most of the governments became comfortable with the idea that they can intervene and spend something that was expected of them earlier they were not doing it in fear of probably inflation or because debt levels were high and now suddenly they appear somewhat comfortable and did a lot of it post covid that not only created stimulus for the economies to revive which is the good side it created inflation now point is that spending has not stopped because the counteractive forces right now in the us are that on the one side you have high interest rates there's inflation fastest rate hiking cycle should have slowed things down already simultaneously you have a government which is you know pushing away the debt ceiling is gone spending plans are being passed through the uh, you know governments uh, through the senate and once once that happens then then you have more spending uh, and if you have more spending you have more growth but that more growth can be inflationary 
but high interest rates can be deflationary. So you have these two extremes. Uh, will it end in inflation or deflation? With with both both sides working on the opposite ends. I mean, the Fed trying to tighten and the central and the government trying to expand. And something's got to give here. Uh, till it doesn't, we probably go with the volatility on both sides. To some extent, markets can discount the upside based on well spending is there, so growth is still okay. But earnings are not growing for one year. You have earnings which are flat, near zero as far as S&P is concerned. India has got lucky on that front. As long as everybody else is zero, we are growing at 20-30% earnings for this year. But if the world goes into a recession, India cannot go unscathed. And that is the risk we are trying to really discount now or start preparing for uh, based on how you really position your portfolio. You know, So it's different for different people. Some people are okay with some level of risks. Others are not. And... Are we underpricing risk? Are we undercounting how much risk is really on the table in this environment? Because U.S. recession historically has meant 20-30% decline in the S&P. A decline of that kind cannot really go by without having an impact on Indian markets. And so can we really uh, let it go from a risk management perspective? To some people, 20-30% may be okay. To some people, it can be painful, especially in small stacks, which has been the stars, end up getting bigger drawdowns when those phases really come. So that's, I think, in a nutshell, uh, the thoughts that are going through my mind. You have two opposing forces. You need to be prepared. And the only only way we are going to be able to do it is what I call moving from cycle to cycle. So we talk about momentum cycles based on the Rohit momentum indicator, the RMI, an indicator that moves swings both ways a little more smoothly than and faster than an MACD, uh, but giving you buy and sell signals that are reasonable and allows you to look at the cycle of momentum, you know, going from zero, developing on the upside, then coming back to zero. So trading this market cycle to cycle and seeing how it evolves on the Elliott wave count is the only way we get through this in the near term till we get clarity about where the dollar is headed, what bond deals are doing and will all that really be recessionary or not. You know, can we go through with a soft landing narrative even as interest rates are at a place which really can ensure a significant slowdown. So with all these thoughts, we are left this week looking at numbers, numbers like 19843 from where the October sell-off really started. We are back at that level, so that becomes the first hurdle to watch. If we get past that, then surely it opens up a lot of window to retest the highs and do away with that intermarket divergence between mid-caps and large-caps. But on the other hand, if we do falter at these levels, then uh, we have reason to think that we have made a lower high than the one we actually made in October which is the first sign of a Dow theory reversal. And then if we do start falling impulsively from there, then it would be a second sign that things are really weakening. Uh, and especially if it happens along with the mid and small cap segments, uh, which have been the outperformers of the period. And this global bounce back that we've seen, does it really fade? What is so far still a retracement? Of course, a very sharp retracement on the Dow and S&P. But it's normal on something like the Russell or the transports, it's three waves so far, so we can mark ABC. The question is, will it roll over from C uh, or will something change and something different happen? If something changes, we'll be forced to change. But so far, it's three waves and it's a good point for us to step back and think about what is really going on. That's exactly what I said at the start of this episode. And this, these are the reasons why we need to do that. And the setups are all at points and levels where we'll get that answer. Either this was a corrective bounce and it fades or it converts into an impulsive rally that can retest the highs into the new year before we really ask these questions all over again. So that's all in uh, today's podcast. Signing off from here in Bhopal at a good 18 to 20 degrees. Nice, cool, warm 
cool temperature not warm uh, warm just a little bit in the day uh, but dry uh, not the humidity that we have to really deal with in the city of mumbai so thank you everybody and see you next time